Sarah, I've got a question for you. Okay. Do you believe in aliens? Um, yeah, no, I totally do think that there's aliens. And I feel like it's really immature of us to like try to deny it when we ourselves technically could be aliens. You know? Like, if you really do believe that there isn't anybody out there, then... Like, what if, what if someone else on a different planet thought that of us? I think that that's just, like, immature to believe. Can I just present my theory? Oh, sure. Fabian is an alien. Oh, yes. That's this it. is true. That, that, Why is that a the thing theory. with you guys? What do you guys think I'm an alien? Let me tell you a story oh, about God. Fabian. I am convinced he's an alien because he does really weird things that, like, humans just don't do. And I don't know how to explain them. It's just little things. Okay. Like what? I'm going to say it. And I know you don't like it when I say it. Give me an example. Let's hear it. What is it? Okay. When we were living at his mom's house. Okay. I was, I obviously, I lived there, so I spent the night. So anyway, I was laying in bed and for some reason I woke up and I woke up to Fabian standing up, staring at me. Oh, my God. And I was like, are you going to murder me? I'm dead. <laughs> and he was just like, no, I got up because I guess something had happened. But I was just like, nah, dude. I don't know why I got alien vibes. That's funny. I guess because his outline, he's really skinny and tall. I'm and dead. he has a big head. He does kind of look like an alien. Right. Yeah, he he's does. really skinny, tall, big head. You know, and that actually, like, to kind of tie it into what we're actually going to talk about, uh... They were talking about that on the podcast. So I listened to a podcast by Joe Rogan, a very popular um, podcaster. So he he was doing like these UFO podcasts. But um, this one that I heard that I was listening to in specific was more or less talking about um, what would have happened if like something from the future or a different civilization, whichever has like the better technology, came to us and started living among us. And you weren't, you, you wouldn't know. That's a good, like, we saw this weird video, huh, Fabian, with um, one of my best friend's husband. And it's like a movie from the 80s and it's really dumb. It's mm-hmm. like very sci-fi, but it was the same thing. Like, oh, they're already living among us. And yeah. basically we just have to, I think he used glasses to, like, it was like a pair of old ray-bans and like every time he wore it everything turned into like black and white and you could see like who was an alien and who wasn't yeah and so i always thought like oh my god that video well i was watching this um i don't remember what movie it was i don't know if it was that zeitgeist movie that we watched i don't remember but it was the end of like a sci-fi movie and it was talking about like people you you wouldn't even believe are aliens like presidents well can i give um, you Congress. my theory of what aliens might be yeah first of all it's not me i'm dead i don't That's exactly I, what no, an alien would i refuse say. to I believe like say. i like low-key want fabian to be an alien oh my god of course you do weirdo i dead. do so my theory with aliens is they are humans but in the future and we just don't know that we are that species of you know human being because even to this day like even human beings now are still evolving yeah no yeah in the in the podcast joe rogan was talking about how um primates right now like apes and stuff are technically in the stone age 
because they have seen humans and they've adapted their tools. Like they saw uh, an orangutan, I believe, fishing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And um, it, they, they weren't trying to say like, you know, he learned it on its own. No, he, they clearly said like they saw people, the orangutan saw people and are mimicking their um their patterns and that's that's just exciting to know because that just shows goes to show that everybody is watching we're evolving so what if these extraterrestrials do come and they're watching us what are they learning what do they want to learn from us you know and if they have materials that are so much more advanced than ours are they mocking us or are they just tracking us to see if we'll ever get to that stage well i think an interesting theory not that it completely completely answers that question mm -hmm. but i feel like nothing ever will you know no but this theory is like they're coming to kind of give us a warning like you're going down the wrong path because there's a lot of instances of aliens <clears throat> going around nuclear plants and shutting them down yeah or like nuclear missiles yeah and they're constantly there and like i think there was a video that we saw where people were talking about it people that work at the plant yeah. Um, and or people in the military and they were like, it's like clockwork. Yeah, it's like clockwork. Every time we turn it off, I mean, turn it on. They'll go make their rounds to different coasts. It's not wow. just us. It's everywhere. Yeah. And they'll shut them down like simultaneously. That's insane. But it, you know, a good thing is that it does tie back into what Fabian was talking about, how it's people from the future. And it also does have to tie into what you're talking about, Danny, with the warning. Okay. So um, Seth, oh, Seth Rogen, Jeth Rogen, Jeth Rogen. <laughs> Joe Rogan was talking about how uh, people there. There's a theory that people were on Venus, and that they fucked fucked the planet up so badly that they left, and now they're here on Earth. Okay, I'm gonna stop you there. Okay, because this is technically what I was gonna talk about. Okay, but 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 yeah, cause so I knew it wasn't Venus that I was gonna mention. I was okay. gonna mention Mars. So yes. the obsession with Mars is we want to go there, correct? Yeah. And there have been studies in the past that said it that has been they've a seen the surface planet. of Mars mm -hmm. and there was like, <clears throat> excuse me, there was like nuclear um, like warheads that, were, that have gone off there. So wow. people were like, how, like scientists have said, like, how is that even possible? Well, okay, let me chime in really fast and just say my idea is, um, so according to the podcast that I was watching, the extraterrestrials that have the power that Bob Lazar was talking about, um, I forgot where it was a tiny little snippet that I heard. And he said, well, does fire exist there? And that kind of, I, I can't get that out of my mind because I feel like fire is such a evil, like death type of I item. Because, you know, with, with fire comes destruction and you know, it, it does bring a rebirth and stuff. But I feel like at first, you know, it brings destruction and chaos. And so what I thought is, if you have a civilization with no fire, do you have anger? Do you have like that type of war, that tyranny, that type of passion to dominate others? Let's say like fire, like oxygen isn't an, an element that they have on that planet because we're all are automatically assuming that element 115 that Bob Lazar talks about, we don't have it. So that automatically says that there are other planets that don't have the same elements that we do. Well, for those of those listening that don't know who Bob Lazar is, 
there's a Netflix documentary, just look up Bob Lazar. It's like the first one. Um, and it goes into yeah. who he is and why he's so significant to yes. UFO and alien knowledge. Yeah. And Joe Rogan also does um, a podcast with him. So I keep going back to the podcast because I kept listening to it. But also just because it's it fired up this idea is um, if we don't have fire, do you have like, you know, because he was talking about how aliens, some aliens can kind of telepathically talk to people and explain things in such a way that you can't with words so what i'm thinking is they're so like evolved that they don't even have to like have these like apathetic they're not apathetic they are empathetic you know and you know what bringing that since you brought that up i wanted to tell you guys i 100 percent know what you're talking about and it's something that you don't really know how to explain and the only reason why i know what that feels like is because i actually keep a dream journal because i have really really weird dreams and i have a lot of dreams about aliens and we'll get into later about what i feel like that means but basically Every time I have a dream about an mm -hmm. alien, that's how they communicate with me. Tell me about the dream that you had. It was a really weird dream. It was actually really, really long. And I keep a dream journal, and I think it took up like five pages front and back. But um, basically, in the beginning, it actually is two separate dreams, but they actually reference each other. The first dream, it starts off basically me and my mom are in the same car. We're in her car and we're going home. But it's already the, it's a, the evening because the sun's already setting. And we pull in and the gate's wide open. And as you know, we're very adamant about keeping our gate closed because of where we live. And basically... So we get there, the gate's wide open, and then also the front door is wide open. So right off the bat, I'm like, no, something's wrong. And at first, I guess she didn't realize that the door was open. So she was like, there's nothing wrong. And I was like, yes, there is. And like, literally, I have this feeling that something's wrong. <clears throat> and she was like, okay, well, I'm going to call the cops. So yeah, she does that, but I get like this weird feeling to go inside the house and mind you, the house is like completely dark. There's nobody in there. I already kind of had a feeling that they weren't in there. And I told my mom, like, they're not in there. Tell the cops that somebody took them. I don't know why I said that, but <clears throat> basically I go in there by myself and I walk in and it's weird because when you walk in on one side it's the living room and then on the other side it's the dining room and I'm not staring at either end I'm just staring straight ahead and I just again I knew I had a feeling that there was they weren't there but out of the corner of my eye in the dining room I see something standing there and I was and I knew it wasn't either Javier or Clarissa because you know they would be the only two people in the house and obviously something's wrong 
So I look at this thing and it's an alien, like an actual gray alien. He's like, but he's not like freakishly tall or short or anything. He's he just normal height. And he's talking to me, but instead of physically mouthing words and sounds coming out, it's like I get these thoughts in my head and I know it's him communicating, but it's not even like his voice. It's like my voice. And also it's like they communicate using empathy. So they want me to feel what they're trying to tell me. So he's telling me basically that yes, Javier and Clarissa aren't home and that they had entered a portal because in another universe, you know, confirming that there are parallel universes, that in another universe, they did something wrong and they entered a portal or they purposefully entered a portal. <clears throat> and so that purposefully and forcefully pushed every other Javier and Clarissa and the rest of the universes into another universe. So basically it creates a domino effect. So each person, each Javier and Clarissa is getting pushed out into another universe. So he's saying that that's what happened. Um, so then I kind of freak out because I'm like, okay, well, the cops are on their way. <laughs> what are we going to tell them? They're not here. And so I tell him, what do I have to do? And, you know, I have this sense of calm. Like I, this whole time I'm like, why am I not afraid of this thing talking to me? But because they communicate using empathy, they kind of put that feeling into you. Like, no, I'm not a threat. I'm just here to tell you how to get your family back. So my mom this whole time is outside in the car calling 911, waiting for them to arrive. And basically, I'm asking, okay, well, how do I go find them? And he's like, well, you have to, a portal has to present itself to you. And I said, okay, well, how do I do that? And he explains that there are multiple universes and that I basically, that the universe is made up of like all these universes kind of like dust in the air and it's going to be really hard to find them. And he said that in order for a portal to pre present itself to you, you have to feel one with the universe. And that means accepting the fact that there are multiple universes and that basically, I don't know, that we have no control over what's happening and that we're just trying to right the wrong or I don't know. So he explained that to me and I was just like, okay. So basically I tried to do what he told me, which was basically meditating. It's kind of like meditating. So I just sat there for a good while. But um, actually while that happens, the cops get there and the cops are like, okay, well, what's happening? And I'm saying, well, they're not here. But I'm also not going to tell them that this alien told me where they are because I'm going to sound crazy. So I just tell them like, oh, somebody took them. And so they're like, well, how do you know somebody took them? I'm like, well, they're not here. 
and the door was wide open and all of their stuff is here. So they search the whole house and of course they don't find them. So I'm like, okay. And then basically I do my thing. I kind of ignore the cops. I go off to the side and sure enough, after like a few minutes or maybe half an hour, I don't know, the portal presents itself. So I kind of wasn't 100% sure it was a portal because it was very faint. But basically, it looked like a bubble. Like it looked like a film. And when you touch it, it's really sticky. But it's also very firm, even though it looks really delicate. So I pushed my hand through it. I touched it and I pushed my hand through it. And of course, like I was kind of shoved into this other universe and so sure enough i find clarissa and javier but i find them when i enter this other universe it looks the same to me it's dark because the sun was setting and it was the house looked the same and it was just really quiet so i go to the to the um the living room first because i don't know i assume they'd be there and yeah, they're there. They're like huddled in a corner and they're freaking out. And I go up to them and I tell them basically what happened. And of course they believe me because they're like, oh, obviously there's something weird happening because this isn't normal. And so then I tell them in order for us to go back, which we don't even know if I'm actually 100% going back because... Once you skip a universe, the likelihood of you coming back to your original universe is really bad. And so he was just like, they were all like, okay, well, let's try anyway. So I tell them in order to do that, you basically have to become one with the earth, with the universe and accept the fact that we don't have the control over it and basically come to peace with whatever the outcome is. And so they're like, okay, so it took, it took a while because I don't even think they really understood the grasp. They didn't really grasp what was being said. But after meditating for a while, it finally does present itself. And so we come back. And when we come back, the cops are still there. And randomly, we're like, okay, well, we're back, right? So they see that Javier and Clarissa are there. And they're like, what? what happened we searched the whole house there's no way you were here in the living room the whole time and they were just like oh well we you know they come up with some bullshit story that they went out or something but the point is the cops were just like well you know you guys are making us waste our time and money so then whatever that was that but that was my first dream and you know, talking about how they communicate, that to me really solidified that. So, you know. Yeah, that sounds crazy. Um, it kind of reminds me of, like, just meditation in general. Like, being able to connect with yourself. Like, you know how we have, like, those different levels? People talk about, like, chi levels. You have, um, like, the third eye, for example. Um, like going back to 
being able to speak to someone directly without actually saying words, like communicating without <clears throat> without verbally saying something, kind of takes me back to uh, the movie Donnie Darko. I don't know why when I think about like aliens, I think about that movie because of the way he astral projects. Like he has the the spirit come out of like from his chest and he's seeing everyone else walking around with these like astral projections that projections that are coming out of their chest as well. And he follows some of them, you know, and he feels like he's connected to them. And it's weird because in that movie, it's also about parallel universes. He's going through all these events in one, one um, universe. And then he ends up in a different one when he, you know, dies. Um, But that's, something that i thought about as soon as you were talking about the alien communicating to you through your dreams um how do you feel about um like meditation in general when it comes to being spiritually connected to yourself and connecting with others that are in like that same realm also um it's almost like like i forget which documentary it was i think it's the one with dr greer where he talks about being able to get into this meditative state where He's literally like talking to aliens or communicating with something that's outside of the world, you know, in outer space. And it's just, it's odd how he has all these photographs to kind of back up his claims. And it just threw me, threw me for a loop when I saw that, like the astral projections that came out of that person's chest in that, that documentary that you see the lights coming out of that person's chest, exactly the same as like from Donnie Darko. How do you, um, how do you feel about that spirituality what do you think well i'm not really spiritual but um and i don't really meditate and um i don't know i was that's just how it presented itself in my dream but um yeah that is interesting that you bring up donnie darko because it did kind of look like that except it wasn't like something coming out of you it was just like an actual film that came out but what tripped me out the most was kind of like a second lesson that tried to appear itself in another dream so after i had that dream i woke up because you woke me up before you went to work and then i usually go back to sleep if i don't have to work that day i'll go back to sleep for maybe like another hour and then i'll get up but um this dream actually felt like years and it's weird how i experienced time in my dreams because obviously i know i couldn't be asleep for years but it felt that way and this one actually had to do with sarah um basically with this one i was like 10 years old which makes sarah six because we're a few years apart and um we are on her in her house where uh basically down the street there's like a park and we grew up there right and so i'm there with her mom and her dad and she got a new bike so we were like okay we're gonna go to the park and like go ride the bike around and so we all walk to the park that's down the street it's literally a few houses down and um I don't know it just started off like any like a random dream just like okay we're gonna be in the park and Sarah's doing her laps around the park and her parents are sitting at one of the tables and I don't have a bike so I'm just walking around the trail 
this like it's a very tiny park and but it does have like a jogging trail at the outer edge of it and so some of it is hidden by trees or this one specific spot it's like a line of trees and the trail goes behind the line of trees so it's kind of secluded and um so I'm following her on the bike and so she goes past these trees she goes past the first one and I don't I stop and I look at her but you know you can still see spaces in between the trunks of the trees and I don't see her come out after the first tree and I was like I should be able to see her continuing and not only that she didn't come out at all of that spot of the trail and so I go behind the tree and I just get this feeling in my gut like I get heavy and on the other side of the line of trees I see the alien again and it's like I remember when I was 26 which is my age now but how am I able to see when I'm 20 as if I had already lived 26 and I'm remembering as a 10 year old and I I ask him I'm like it's happening again isn't it and he doesn't say anything he just gives me this feeling of yes like yeah you're right and I just thought it's gonna happen again and like I don't know where Sarah is and I have to find her but I can't do it by myself because I'm 10 and so basically the aliens just there watching over me to kind of give me that signal like yeah like your lesson isn't done yet so I freak out because I'm like oh shit Sarah's gone and like I obviously can't do it by myself to go get her and so I run back to the table where her parents are and I'm telling them like Sarah's gone and they start freaking out. They're like, what do you mean that she's gone? Like, this is a tiny park. Like, not even, it's maybe like a block wide. It's not big at all. You can literally see someone standing on the other side of this park. And so they're freaking out. They're like, did somebody take her? And I'm like, no, I just saw her go behind the trees and then she never came out. And I'm kind of like battling internally as if I should say what I know is going on because how crazy is it that a 10 year old is going to say they saw an alien and that when she was 26 she had this whole experience with Clarissa and Javier but how do you know that do you see into the future what is it so then basically the alien is telling me that time isn't linear so I don't know what he meant by that but in my head, it made sense because he's trying, he's putting his thoughts into mine. So if it makes sense to him in that moment in time, it makes sense to me, even though right now it doesn't. I said, okay, time's not linear. I've already lived this. And I'm just coming back because I don't know, some lesson that they want me to learn. I don't know, or I don't know what the situation is, but basically I've already lived 26 and now I'm back at 10. And... So I tell them, I do end up telling them, I'm like, hey, you know, this is what happened to Sarah. Nobody took her. I saw her, you know, go behind the street and she didn't come out. There's no way that somebody took her. It wouldn't make sense. And I know where she is. 
and they get mad at me and they call 911. So they call 911 and of course they block off the whole area. They're, you know, interviewing me, my tia, my uncle. They're interviewing the neighbors, the people in the park. They literally did the whole thing. And they're questioning me as if I saw something. And I did. I told them exactly what I saw. I said that I saw her go behind one of the trees. I didn't see her come out of it. So I went to go look and I saw an alien. That's what I said. <laughs> I described the alien and everything. And I said what he had told me. And they said that did they, they flat out were like, did you do something to her? And I said, why would I do something to her? First of all, I'm 10. What can I do to her? Like a 10 year old's not going to like, what did they think? I abducted her. Where, where did I put her? I'm 10. You think I killed her? Where w you would have seen it. A 10 year old can't get away with murder. So I just was telling them there's no other option other than that. And they're like, are you sure you didn't see someone? They thought somebody had abducted her. And I was like, even if somebody were waiting behind the trees, I would have seen them take her and run behind because there's gaps in between the trees. And I even ran after to see if she was, you know, back there. So they basically thought that, like, I made up the whole alien thing in my head to kind of, like, cope with the situation. But I'm like, no, dude, I'm telling you. And they're like, well, how are you so sure? And I said, because I've already lived this. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? I said, I just had the exact same thing happen to me when I was 26. And they obviously that sounds crazy because I'm 10. How did you already experience when you were 26? So then I try to explain to them that time isn't linear and that it just kind of flows back and forth and you live it's by experience. And I don't know, basically. All of this stuff that this alien told me. And they're like, no, that doesn't make sense. Like, you're making this up in your head. Like, they were talking shit to me, basically. Oh, well, you're, you know, your cousin's missing and you're over here fucking around. And it's like, I wasn't. I'm telling you the truth. So I ended up stopped talking because clearly they weren't listening. And um, and they end up telling my aunt and uncle what I said and that they thought that maybe I saw something and that I just... I don't know, made up, which it has happened before. Children see really bad things and they come to their own decision in their head and they make their own reality because of, instead of seeing what they saw because it was so horrible. But in this case, I already knew, right? And so basically we got into this big fight because they thought that I knew something and they were trying to get it out of me. And I didn't, well, I told them what I knew. So basically what happens is it's really sad. So what happens is actually really sad. Um, eight years goes by without them finding Sarah because they didn't want to listen to me. And it's weird because in my dream, it felt like the whole eight years. And throughout these eight years, 
my relationship with my aunt actually was really strained because she thought that I was, she took what I was saying personally, obviously, and she hated me for it because she thought I was mocking her. And so she, my relationship with her actually was, went to shit. Like she totally hated me. She didn't want to talk to me. And I, every year on the anniversary of Sarah going missing, I would tell her, you need to listen to me. This is what happened to your daughter. Please. I can teach you how to find her. She's in another portal. Like, I mean, not in the portal. She went through a portal and she's in another dimension and we can get her back. If you listen to the instructions and no for eight years eight years it went by and nothing and i my whole family thought it was crazy like it really messed up the whole family and um the cops basically gave up and it was like a cold case and they assumed she was probably dead and I don't know on the eighth year I was already 18 and I again on the anniversary of her going missing I went up to them and I knocked on the door and my Nina I call her Nina my Nina like talked shit to me and she yelled at me and it was like really bad but I kept telling her please you have to listen to me it's been eight years I can get her back and of course she tells me to fuck off. But then her dad, I noticed, was actually kind of listening to me. So when my aunt walked away, he was like, you know what? Like, fuck it. You know, I'm so desperate. It's been eight years. And if you really think she's alive, all right, let's go. I'll give you a shot. I'm that desperate. So I said, okay. So I said, this is what you have to do. And we have to go do it at the park. So we go to the park. I tell him this is where she went missing. I stand behind the first tree. And I said, the alien says you have to become one with the universe and all that stuff. Right. And in order to find her, you have to really, really want it in your gut and think about her. And so he's like, okay. And it took forever it took like all day and finally finally the portal had shown up and he couldn't believe his eyes he was just like what the hell is this and i told him like touch it like it's there and he touches it and he's like what the fuck like he's really scared i can see that he's scared and so I guess he was just so amped. He was like, okay, it's real. Like, let's go, let's go. So he finally pushes himself through the portal and he goes. And we go. And it's the same park, obviously, because it's just the same thing in another universe. But we don't see anyone. The park is empty. So we start knocking on all the doors around the neighborhood and we're like, have you seen this? You know, he had a picture of her. Have you seen her? You know, it's been eight years, so she should be 16 now or no, not 16 or what? 
Yeah. How old were you at this point? Oh, no, I was 18, dream? so she was 14. Okay. Well, whatever. The point is, she, she she's older than six, so she's not going to look the same. So he, nobody recognizes her. Everyone's like, no, there's no child that looks like that. But we get to a house that's like right in front of the park. And it's like an Asian lady. And he knocks on the door and he's like, have you seen my daughter? She went missing, you know, eight years ago. So she doesn't look like this. She's 14 now. But have you seen her? And then she looks at the picture and she's like, huh, she kind of looks like the little girl that this lady adopted like down the street. I remember when they adopted her because they found her in the park and nobody knew where she came from. And I was like, huh. I said, okay. Well, where are, you know, like, where can we find them? And she was like, well, you know, I don't know what happened. I don't know why we didn't actually go to the house. Or maybe we did. She tells us where they are. But, um... I guess we had already knocked on that door and nobody answered. So we kind of tell her that. And she's like, oh, well, the little girl rides her bike, her bike every day in the morning, like at 10 o'clock. But obviously 10 o'clock had already passed. So we're like, OK, uh, we'll just wait for the morning. So we wait, we sleep in the park. And we wake up the next day. And we wait and we wait and like 10 o'clock rolls around. And we're just walking around the park and literally I can see the end of the block. I can see a teenager riding a bike and she's, you know, similar characteristics as Sarah has really light hair, long and like she's, she looks like her. But of course, you know, and she's far away. So she starts riding closer and closer and he just stops. He's like, that's her. Like, that's Sarah. And I was like, okay, are you going to go approach her? And he's like, no. Like, he was so scared. He was like, no. Like, I don't know what to say. And also, you can't just go up to a kid nowadays. <laughs> like, you're going to, people are going to think you're weird or you're trying to kill, kidnap her or something. So we don't go near her because he's actually too afraid to go near her. So she, but she actually comes up to us. And I was like, you know, are you Sarah? And she's like, yeah. And then she might not have recognized me because I was 10 and now I'm 18. But her father's facial features aren't going to change that drastic since he was already an adult. So she recognized him and she goes, are you Felipe? Which is his name. And he was like, yeah. And he's just bawling. And then she was like, oh, like, I'm your daughter, Sarah. And basically they reunite. And she says that when she entered the portal, she didn't know what to do because she was alone. So she was like, I guess it was really late. And this Asian lady had picked her up and was like, or not this Asian lady. One of the other ladies down the street was like, oh, okay, like, I'll, I'll bring you in. And that the cops couldn't find out where she came from or who she belonged to. So the lady adopted her. And so. Um, basically. He. 
he turns to me and he's like, I need you to go back and get your aunt. And I said, no, we need to go back together and just like bring her with us. No. He's like, no, we're going to, you need to go back and get her because look at everything that's happened to our family. And, you know, she talks so much shit about you and it's broke up the family. You need to pr prove you that you're right. You need to prove her wrong and like bring her over here so that she's, she sees for with her own eyes that this is real. He's like, because even if we go back, she's not going to believe us. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll try it. But I was really scared to go back by myself. So then, yeah, sure enough, I do end up going back to my universe. And I run, I run to my aunt's house. And I knock on the door, I'm paying on the door. And I don't know why I said this. Because, of course, her instinct was to call the cops. I run up to her door and I say, I found Sarah. So she's like, okay, let's call the cops. Say that we found her and take me to where you found her. And I'm like, no, no, don't call the cops. Like, and she's like, no, I'm going to call the cops. Like, they need to know, you know, do an investigation. So she calls and, you know, it goes through the call, but I hang up. I grab the phone and I hang up and I throw it. And I'm like, you need to go with me now. And I said, she's at the park. So then fine. She follows me to the park. But obviously they're not there. So now she's mad at me. And she's like, I can't believe you fucking started. You're starting with this shit, you know? And I'm like, please, you saw me leave with Felipe. Like, he is with her. We did enter this portal. We did go and we saw her. She's older now. And she remembers you and all this stuff. And so, I don't know. I don't know. Sheer, by sheer luck, she believed me. And it took forever to get her to meditate and actually believe me. Because obviously, she's she, she hadn't believed me this whole time. She thinks I'm crazy. And so, like, hours go by. Hours. And it took forever. And finally... The portal presents itself and we pass through and she just stops and she's staring at what she sees and she sees Sarah and she's just crying and she's speechless. She doesn't know what to say. She's literally just like, what the hell is happening? Right. And she just looks at me and she's just like, I'm so sorry. And then, you know, obviously she goes and she's with her daughter and she does everything. So then I'm like, okay, well, we need to go back now. And so we go back. But when we go back, the cops are at my aunt's house. So then when we show up, we already have Sarah. So they're like, what the hell? And so we're like, oh, we found Sarah. And we didn't know what to say because we obviously couldn't say what actually happened because the cops are going to be like, you guys are insane. And so we just say we found her at the park. And when they questioned her, you know, she said her part like, hey, yeah, I was adopted by this lady, like all this stuff. Right. And the cops are like, 
so you weren't abducted like there's no way you guys are fucking with us and they got really mad and they interviewed us like relentlessly and they were just like you guys did something to her you hit her somewhere like where did you have her and i'm like well where the fuck did you think we were gonna have her like in a basement we live in california there are no basements in california like where are we gonna put her where somebody would have seen something sarah would have said something should have been like yeah honey they had me in the fucking backyard in a tool shed you know like no she looked she was a healthy girl she didn't have any weird bruises or you know issues she was completely fine she was taken in by somebody she didn't have any actual trauma that's where my dream ended my dream ended with the cops interrogating us and saying they were going to charge us with that and yeah but i mean that dream with the alien felt so real because just like the time passing felt so real i felt like i felt myself aging and i could genuinely like i felt like i was actually 10 and that i had already lived through 26 and all of these crazy things and it was just a horrible feeling to know that somebody is in trouble and nobody's believing you and that you come out looking like the bad guy and people assume you did something to harm this person yeah that sounds like a really long vivid dream that you just explained well, I could go into more detail. I like completely left out a few things, but I mean, we would be here for eight years then. <laughs> I have, like, I know I mentioned astro projection, and I was never like a really big believer in it until I spoke to my cousin, Stephen, who lives in Arizona, and he would always come down to California for the summer to hang out at our house for like two months uh, during like summer break, obviously. And um, we would always have like really deep conversations about obviously like aliens, the supernatural stuff that we are talking about, like in this podcast. And there was this one specific night where when uh, we were actually talking about lucid dreaming and he told me, like, oh, I know how to actually do it. And I didn't believe him. So I told him, like, well, what's, what's the method? How do you do something like that? Like, I thought it's just something that your mind automatically does, you know, like, randomly. So he told me that he read online, if you lay still in bed, but you have to keep your eyes open at all times, make sure that you're controlling your breathing, and you focus on something. And you count literally from 100 down to 1. And that once you get down to 1, like, you're basically asleep at that point, but you're still awake. I tried it out. And the weirdest thing happened that night because I remember specifically sleeping in the same room with Stephen and my brother, Jose. He slept adjacent to me. We had two beds in that one big bedroom in my parents' house. And um, basically what happened, my brother was the first one to go to sleep. 
my cousin Steven slept on an air mattress on the floor. And he was maybe about a few feet away from the, like the foot of the bed, from my brother's bed. And I ended up going to sleep roughly about like five minutes after going into, going into bed, like getting tucked in and everything. And um, I told myself, like, I had to wake myself up again because I was so curious to do it. So I did the whole thing, laid down in bed once I woke myself up again, looked up at the ceiling, and I started counting like, all the way down to zero from 100. And as soon as that happened, I remember I felt like I was awake. So I walked into my living room and like kind of just hung out there for a minute and looked around and I tried to go outside, but I couldn't, which was kind of weird to me because every time, I'm, every time I would try to open the door, it was just locked from the inside. And then I was like, what in the world is going on? So I started walking back towards my room. And from that point, when I walked into the room, everything was like complete darkness. I remember specifically in my dream, like thinking, I can see my own body. Like, what the heck is going on? So here I am, like walking into the room, looking at myself, looking at my brother, looking at my cousin. And I'm like, oh, shit. I think I, you know, I might have done it. Like in my head, I was thinking that already when I was outside of my own body, lucid dreaming. And I um, got scared at that moment. So I was kind of walking around in the room in my dream. And I looked at my cousin, Steven. And my cousin, Steven, just happened to have his eyes open too. But he was laying down in bed, like still. And you could hear him snoring in the dream. And then I like instantly woke up in that moment. And I jumped out of bed. And then I was like looking around again and I'm like okay I think I'm awake and I looked over at my cousin Steven and there was like this dark like shadow hanging up like hanging over him while he was still asleep and I'm like wiggling my toes like seeing if I'm if I'm actually awake like I'm trying to like try just trying to get like any kind of physical signs of like okay what am I doing how am I here and at that moment I remember the the dark shadow like looked over at me and it said something weird like it sounded demonic and i'm like what the fuck so i i just like snapped out of it right away and when i snapped out of the dream i actually did wake up and my cousin steven woke up at the same moment as i like stood up from my bed he looked at me he was just like did you look at me in my in my dream or something and i'm like yeah why he's like because I felt something was like heavy on my chest. I couldn't breathe. And I told him like, dude, I literally just saw you sleeping. And there was like some, something like a black shadow hanging up, like hanging over you. And we both looked at each other and we were just like in awe. We didn't know what the hell was going on, you know? So I felt like kind of going back to the topic in that moment, I felt like we were kind of connected. I don't know how to explain it. But we had like the, the same exact like feelings, same exact emotions that night. And I just told him like I've never ever felt anything like that before. And it was scary. Like I almost burst into tears because I'm just like, dude, what the fuck happened, you know? But um that was like my first experience ever ever lucid dreaming. And 
<clears throat> I remember doing it again, maybe about like two years after that. But that time around, um, I don't remember what we were doing. I think we were switching rooms from the back end side of my parents' house to the front side where I was at before I moved out. And um, I remember going through like all the different hallways in the house in my, in my lucid dream and seeing all the spirits that I came across from the moment that I walked into the, the house. Like, you know how we have the arc? Like the, the arc that's by the kitchen. It separates the kitchen from the living room. And I remember the first time I ever stepped foot in that house, there was a cold spot there. And in the lucid dream, I remember that it was a, a woman in a red dress. And I confirmed that that spirit was in the house because my, my sister and my mom both told me that someone used to say, hey, like in the distance. And that one time my sister was washing dishes and that she looked in the corner of her eye. And she saw a red, uh, a red-dressed woman, right behind her. That's crazy that you bring that up because we discussed that in the first episode, right? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, like every morning, I would wake up to somebody. I somebody was waking me up, and it was. I assumed it was a little girl. So I don't know if it's a little girl in a red dress or if it's a woman, but. I've definitely heard that person as well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was one of the spirits that I did come across in that dream. And it was just weird to, like, know, well, fuck, I'm not crazy. Was, was the lady nice? Um, I, I mean, in my dream, I didn't communicate with the, the spirit. But I did see, I did see her. Did she see you? She did see me, like we kind of locked eyes, but in that moment when we did lock eyes, I kind of just looked away and I kept moving towards my, my uh, room and in that probably, hallway. Uh -huh. She probably saw you, but she, you know, like spirits see you, right? But they know that they're dead and you're alive, so they leave you alone. <laughs> she probably was like, oh, this person can't see me. So when you guys locked eyes, she was probably like, oh, it's just coincidence. Yeah, I'm not too, I'm not sure, but I don't know. I just felt, I felt um, like the second time around when I did Lucid Dream, it wasn't um, as, of, as scary as the first time, just because I didn't run into anything, anything um, that I felt like threatened by, you know? I could not, I don't know why you'd want a Lucid Dream. My dreams are too fucked up to do Lucid Dreaming. I'm, I'd be too afraid that that alien's gonna come back and like, you know, I was talking to Sarah about that. She was like, oh, well, you always have dreams about aliens, like, and it's always the same alien. Like, are you sure this alien's not just trying to like talk to you about something? And I'm like, if that's the case, please, and I said it out loud, I was like, please do not come <laughs> after me anymore. I don't want to talk to you. I know that you're nice, but nope. I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy how we can have like that weird sense of like someone either watching you or someone's trying to communicate with you. 
But I don't I don't know. But when we do do the episode on dreaming, we need to talk about sleep paralysis because I have too many stories of that. Yeah, sleep paralysis is going to be a very, very tough episode to get through because I even have stories about that. And it's not necessarily because I lucid dream. It's more because I... I screw with my own head. I watch way too many scary videos and I just love that stuff. So <laughs> it's funny that you associate lucid dreaming with sleep paralysis. Explain. Just because, you know, people like what sleep paralysis is scientifically speaking, you're brain is awake but your body's asleep so that's why you're able to open your eyes and see things and understand things and hear things you have your senses but your body your neurons and everything else they're asleep that which is why you have that heavy feeling because gravity's pushing down on you and you can't move so your brain starts to freak out and it creates all of these ideas in your head like it'll present kind of like your worst fear Right. So if your fear is a demon, it, then a demon's going to populate. If your fear is an alien, the alien's going to populate or whatever. So to me, lucid dreaming is like when you described what you went through with your cousin, that seemed more like sleep paralysis to me. But the part about you walking around could have been astral projection. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. But that didn't seem like lucid dream. That does not. I do not get lucid dreaming from that because that's not a dream. You're purposefully inducing your body into sleep paralysis. And then you're kind of, I don't know how you're able to get out of your body and do that. Lucid dreaming is you're in a dream and then you like, you realize, Oh, this is a dream. Okay. Let's see what I can do in here. Let's walk around that you're inducing something in your body and in your brain. That's not lucid. No, bro, that's some brujeria shit. I don't think like, it's brujeria. Dude, who thinks like, yeah, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking sit there or lay there and stare at a spot for and count to. Why would you want to do that? Why would you? What? What did you think was gonna happen? Did you think something positive was gonna happen? Like, no. <laughs> you always do like the weirdest. Fabian's like Fabian's the type of person that's like. You know how they make fun of white people in scary movies? Oh, we're going to... And I don't mean any disrespect to white people. This is just like that stereotype, right? It's very much a stereotype where they'll say, oh, white people always get themselves into trouble because they do things that every other person would have been like, no, dude, don't do that. That's the type of shit you do, Fabian. Yeah, I mean, if I was in a situation where I had to choose a knife or a banana, I probably would grab the banana. Um, aliens, man. Hopefully they either do show up or they don't show up. We should name the alien that visits me in my dream. What should we name him? Let's name him. Wait, if we give him a pet name, does that mean it's going to keep keep coming back? <laughs> I mean, as long as you take care of him, feed him, make sure I mean, you communicate with him. It's feeding me with knowledge. What should we name him? It's a guy for whatever reason. I don't know why it's a guy. Let's call him Moses. No. Uh, 
Let's name him something Mex like super Mexican. Jose de la Cruz. <laughs> no, his name is Jacinto. <laughs> Jacinto came to visit me in my dreams. All right, Jacinto. Until next time. Oh no, I don't want to see him. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna go ahead and uh, end, but we'll talk about lucid dreaming hopefully soon. And uh, yeah, until next time. Yep. Bye, Jacinto. Bye, Jacinto.